0: The Virtual CISO Moment is brought to you by VCSO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vCISOServices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. Anthony Scarola joins us. He is an IT governance, risk, and compliance guru. He's been in cybersecurity for a long time. He holds the CISSP. He is a virtual CISO and also a veteran. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hi, everybody. Hi, Greg. Thank you very much for having, having me.
0: So that's a pretty uh, broad list of experiences and things that you do. Um, how did you get there? Like, let's just start from the beginning. I mean, you don't have to go back to, well, when I was one year old, but, you know, just whenever you think to start. In my, in
1: my past life, no. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I um, yeah, it is. It is a pretty broad list. Um, I guess I, I enjoy doing a lot of things. I, so let's see where to begin, where to begin. So I'm, I'm a U.S. Army veteran, as you know.
0: Thank um, you for your service. Thank you
1: uh i was listed enlisted during the gulf war um I, they put me on I, I really wanted to be in in tech in the technology space when i enlisted but they didn't have any openings they called them mos's you know uh, mm-hmm. didn't have any any mos's open for me to work so they stuck me in boats at first. yeah my
0: my mos was uh, was an aircraft mechanic so um, Oh,
1: okay yeah yeah, yeah
0: same 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 time Got the hat. Yeah. <laughs> so.
1: I was a, I was an 88 Lima at first, which was a boat mechanic. Um, I was actually in the reserves for four years. And then I went into the active duty during Desert Storm, uh, during the Gulf War Desert Storm, mm-hmm. because I was young and stupid and bored. Uh, and I wanted to support my country, obviously, which I, I continue to want to do that, obviously. But um, so they didn't have the boat, boats open and they put me into a helicopter repairman. So I was a 67 Tango. Mm-hmm. But I think they realized that I was... I kept gravitating towards the, uh, the IT department and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the sergeant in charge of replacing computers and installing computers and everything else. So they, they stuck me over there for a little while uh, and, uh, and that's where they left me. So <laughs> I guess they realized that I was probably better off doing that than working on helicopters, even though I was pretty good at that as well. If, if I could toot my own horn, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, many jobs over the years. Uh, Many many IT jobs over the years. I worked at CompUSA. I worked at a little mom and pop store in uh, Florida working on computers, Um, and and uh, I've worked at. uh, I I would say the most. um, I would say the uh, the job that really kind of kicked it off for me was in electronic systems. When I got out of the army, I worked for a network integrator. Called Electronic Systems at Virginia Beach, and mm-hmm. basically, I worked to pay Microsoft and uh, and Cisco salaries <laughs> by installing installing their infrastructure and servers all over town. Um, that was very enjoyable for me, though, and and uh, I would say that that is what kicked off my career into banking. Which was one of my clients when I was at Electronic Systems was a, a bank in Hampton, Virginia, a small small bank in Hampton, Virginia, mm-hmm. called Harbor Bank, and they were being acquired by Town Bank, and so uh, the CFO at Harbor Bank put in the good word for me, and I became part of Town Bank's first network administrator. So uh, from there, regional bank, but pretty pretty big size these days, um, and I was there with them for about twelve years, and that's of course where we met.
0: Yeah, we met on the. Uh, um, we were both part of FSI Sec. In fact, um, this is one of those unique things where the. The two co-founding chairs of the uh, FSISACs Community Institution Council were you and me, and that that was great time. But that was, can you believe that was ten years ago?
1: No, I cannot. <laughs> time goes by very, very quickly, very quickly.
0: So then you were at Town Bank, and then yep. where did you go yep. from there?
1: Yeah, so for at Town Bank, the first six years of that time, I was in IT. Second half of the time, I was in risk management. I was the information security officer. Uh, corporate information security officer. So I did get the CISO title there um, uh, for, uh, for six years. Uh, and then from there I went to, I had an opportunity I could not refuse in Cincinnati, Ohio to work for Fifth Third Bank and to develop their second line IT information security risk management program within the second line of defense enterprise risk. Mm-hmm. So I went there for uh, a couple of years. Um, that was a great success. Uh, and, uh, and then I wanted to kind of expand that, that uh, those, uh, skills that I have and helping other institutions as much as possible. So I got picked up by an old time friend, um, working for Accenture, uh, actually another friend that we, we both know, um, that, uh, from the FSISAC group. So I worked for Accenture for a couple of years as a senior security consulting, uh, engineer, manager, um, working for banks and, and even some insurance institutions across the United States, some fairly large banks and some fairly large insurance companies. Uh, did that for uh, almost almost two years, decided I wanted to uh, try my hand at consulting on my own. So I started the, uh, the security, security Connect LLC, uh, secure, uh, security IT security consulting business. Um, and was picked up by my current employer in New York City. So I've been with them. I've been with the bank in New York City for um, over two years now.
0: That's quite quite a path. And you're also a virtual CISO too, right? I am virtual CISO as well, yes. Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I would say to summarize my career really uh, so far, I guess you could really think of me as, a, as an IT or information security risk translator. Um, heavy focus on information security. Obviously, I'm degreed in uh, cybersecurity. My bachelor's degree is in cybersecurity. Um, I, I would say I help um, help leaders and employees really become more aware of IT and information security risk and address it, uh, but but commensurate in, in line with their with their risk appetites and of course budget.
0: I think that, that that's a great um, describer for for what we try to do in information security risk management, where we're a translator in, in like a couple of instances. First of all, um, if you look at um, translating between technology and, and the C-suite, I just had a little bit of conversation back and forth on a, on a LinkedIn chat about um, that that the CISO, basically, they can't go up to the board and to the C-suite and talk uh, IT security lingo. They need to be able to talk business lingo. So there's that translation there. Like you, you have this m- number of firewall, uh blocks what does that mean to the business what's the cost exposure and then on the flip side you can also talk about translation if you're talking about three lines of defense first line being operational management like it security firewall management third line being audit and then second line kind of is the glue in the middle there that brings them together which is risk management well i i know that um being a virtual CISO, I'll, I'll ping on that for a moment, that you're exposed to small and mid-sized businesses, and, and also from your consulting in the past in the IT space as well, too. Uh, is it fair to say that you're, you're, you've had significant experience with small and mid-sized businesses? I would say so, yes. I would say so. So, so. so given the the environment we're in right now, what would you say would be like uh, some significant threats that SMBs might be cognizant of and need to pay attention on today?
1: Yeah, and I and I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't lean towards technical threats at this point. I would really say um, I would say resources and people primarily. I think is a huge challenge for SMBs. Of course, um, not not having enough of of either uh, is 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 fairly critical uh, of an issue. You know, I think some of the if you would if if I could lean towards uh, what the uh, significant threats for. For these institutions, from a cybersecurity perspective, um, I would say really again, IT staff. Um, I would say inaccurate reporting of risk, because I think that's also a big issue. And you know, leading lead, leading back to what you said before, Greg about about the challenges that IT faces when they're delivering to the board. You know, it, it is without that type of without some type of translator in place. Uh, and, and having, you know, actually put thought into how that should look, uh, it, it is a very big challenge, I think, because you've got even even in these SMBs, you've got uh, you've got boards uh, that are pri- primarily uh, finan- with financial experience. Right. Lots of great expertise there, but probably not a whole lot in the IT space. And then you're, you're hitting them with a very heavy, typically heavy uh, IT um you know, uh, leadership and, and, and IT technical experience. So the two really don't merge. So having, having that translation, I think is a, is a big deal as well. Um, And yeah, there are many ways to do that. I I, I tend to tend to try to look to, you know, the, the corporate, corporate strategy as one, uh, one help with translation, because that's what the, that's what the board and and the senior executives understand. That's what they speak. That's what they live, eat and breathe every day is their corporate strategy. So uh, tying IT, IT resources, IT projects and initiatives and everything else to that corporate strategy, I think, uh, has been what's been very successful for, for me, at least,
0: <clears throat> in the positions where I've faced that same challenge. So you said um, inaccurate reporting of risk. I, I, like, I like the way you said that, because I've often said that one of the primary, I won't say primary, because everybody has their own views about what the primary goal is, a CISO or a VCISO is. Um, but a primary goal and responsibility is to pro- provide that information to the board of directors and the C-suite so that they can make risk-informed decisions. Right. What would be an example like of an inaccurate reporting of risk? And I'm going to answer my question yeah, yeah. first with my sure. example, and you, you can either agree with me or, or you, can, you might have another. But just to give you an idea of where I'm going with that, a lot of times when you're doing a qualitative risk assessment, it is so much dependent upon The person who's doing the assessment, because there's that inherent bias. And if you have like three or four people doing a qualitative risk assessment, uh, unless you don't have unless you have some sort of methodology to normalize it, you could have some folks that are risking something like high, where another one might say medium. So is that where you were going with that? Or did you have something else in mind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think from a high level, that, that's a great example, because typically what happens is an institution at the top, the enterprise risk team will say, OK, everybody, we've got a we've got a moderate risk appetite. Well, six to 12 months, people are going, well, what is that? What does that mean? You know, and, and I think as uh, leaders in information security, in the information security and IT management risk management space, um, what, what we are tasked with doing is defining what that means, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then teaching and instructing uh, and making aware the, the boards and the and the senior management teams of what we think that means. So management should present that initially before any metrics are you know, presented to show, okay, here's what our low is going to look like. Here's what our medium is going to look like. And here's what our high is going to look like. Um, and it could be as, you know, I've seen many institutions, especially in the financial services space, um, being m- making that look very conservative. So, uh, you know, your your lows and mediums um, will uh, ultimately have uh, very low numbers in them, right? So, so I think that's one of our our responsibilities, really, in that space, is to make sure that that uh, our senior management teams are really aware of what medium looks like from an information security risk perspective. And then once we have that, once we have that framework, if you will, then we can start plugging in the numbers, right? And and it has to be done on a a metric by metric by metric basis. Um, So developing that framework out and then continuing to um, make uh, make our boards and, and senior management teams aware of what medium looks like uh, and why we need to continue to get out of the red, right? Um, I think is is one of the one of the greatest things that we can do as as IT management teams.
0: I I think that one of the more difficult things, at least in my experience that I've had with um, talking with uh, C-suites and boards is I'll come in and I'll ask the question, what's your risk appetite? And they're like, uh, well, you know, we, we, we want to be risky enough to make money, but we don't want to be too risky to lose money or something like that. Well, how can you quantify that? And it's like, well, I'm not really sure. I, I struggle with this one. I'll be quite honest in, in advising firms about a way to develop a, a risk tolerance, um, risk appetite statement. I think in financial services, it might be a little bit easier because we deal with those, uh, what are there, eight major categories of risks, give or take. There's like liquidity and That's right. Credit liquidity. And <laughs> I can never remember them. Credit, Credit credit's yeah. one, operational, yeah. reputation. Operational. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on how a small and mid, smaller mid-sized business could approach that conundrum of creating a risk tolerance statement?
1: Yeah and and again I think it goes back to uh sitting around the table with with the uh, the right folks you bringing in a consultant as well because we do that a lot uh, for institutions of course um and uh, and sitting around the table and and again looking at each metric to say okay for medium it's going to look like this my vulnerabilities are going to be below x you know my outstanding vulnerabilities that are past 30 days are going to be below y right um my percentage of downtime, you know, for, for critical servers, is going to be X by my, my uh, you know uh, from a backup BCDR perspective. Uh, my RTOs or you know, we're going to, we're going to be meeting our ITOs, you know, and with certain amount of percentage per month or testing you could you, you could tie it to testing as well. So looking at all the metrics individually uh, and then presenting that back up to, to senior management as here's what our medium risk tolerance looks like this is what we're going to accept and you know creating those bands those those levels and bands and it's an exercise it's it's a it's a serious exercise uh, that takes a lot of time uh, to to actually put together but but it is highly highly worth it at the end of the day and the other beautiful thing about about it is when when regulators look at this obviously it helps with you know protecting the institutions but regulators love it as well not because it's perfect, but because you
0: have something in place. You know what I mean. At least you're addressing it, right? At you, least you're, you're addressing it. Right? You're, you're exactly. aware of it, and you're trying to address it best as possible. Well, you mentioned consultants, and, and I know you've done a lot of that before. And uh, so I'm going to pivot a little bit to to ask about, particularly as a virtual CISO. What there's there's a lot of discussion on LinkedIn about. Uh, what makes a, a, a good virtual CISO? Everybody's got uh, their own opinions. From your perspective, what would make a, a successful virtual CISO uh, from two perspectives, to the client and professionally to the person providing the services? I think one of the things for
1: me that that um, I haven't really given that a lot of thought, I would say, uh, but, but I, I would say that one of the things for me personally that has helped me to excel in any position that I've been in uh, from a consulting perspective, starting off with when I worked at electronic systems many, many, many years ago, was that I, I, I put myself, um, I, I, basically, uh, I basically put myself in one of their employees positions. I didn't separate myself mentally from their institution uh, if that makes sense, I basically, um, I took the responsibility of being their employee, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and not brushing anything off because I wasn't an employee. Like I would always say, you know, yes, we could figure out how to do this. This is, you know, I'm, I'm your employee. And I would, I would tell them that, you know, to remind them that I'm, I'm not a consultant, I'm their employee. Um, so just setting that mindset that you're going to be there with them, building that relationship and, uh making sure that they know that you know, you're, their, you're their employee to, to do with whatever they please um, uh, you know, to, to make sure that you get the job done. So I think it's really just about building the relationship primarily, having a good, strong relationship, reaching out to them. Uh, when you know that there might be issues coming down the pike, um, whether those are you know, regulatory issues or whether those are uh, cyber threats, uh, various intel that you hear about on the cybersecurity side of the house, uh, keeping them aware and abreast of things and and
0: and not brushing anything off because you're a consultant. So uh, there's an awful lot of experience here that you've gained over the last um, few years. <laughs> I know you've been doing this for a long time. And you had mentioned to me at one point in time that you were working on a writing project. You want to talk about that for a moment?
1: Yeah. And actually for probably five or six or maybe more years now. Um, yeah, I'm working on a little book on basically taking a lot of the experience that I have in the financial services, it and information security space and kind of wrapping a bow around that as much as possible. So I'm, I'm working on a book.
0: Yeah. Any, any, uh, hints as to when it'll be uh, out. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, (laughs) I would love for it to be out
1: tomorrow. Um, I do I do dabble on it you, usually once or twice a week I'll sit down and put a couple of hours into it um, I enjoy writing a lot so the book is not difficult for me it's it's really just the uh, getting all your ideas and w- once you start getting past fifty thousand words it, uh, the, uh, the the this, the uh, the table of contents is just all over the place you know <laughs> and so so really just kind of regrouping my thoughts and, and putting it back together I, I would like to. To think within the next couple of years I hope it to be
0: awesome well when you get it out there we'll have to bring you back on the podcast and we can we can talk about it and promote the book so yeah, that'd be great I'd love it well with all this going on I, I I know InfoSec is stressful enough as it is and doing all these side projects and 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 all of that can be stressful how do you how do you decompress?
1: Yeah, I, I decompress through uh, not thinking about work as much as <laughs> possible. So whatever that is, you know, I, um, I, I once restored a car. So I would spend a lot of time in the garage working on restoring a car, an old Volvo that was belonged to my father. And you wrote uh, a book
0: about that, too, right? I
1: did, actually. Yeah. Like I said, I like to write. Probably like to write more than anything else. And, what, so I, and what's, I,
0: what's, what's the name of the book?
1: Uh, it's called uh, the restoration of Dad's uh, 1958 PV 444, and that's on Amazon, right? It's on Amazon. Yeah. We'll,
0: we'll put it in the show notes. So yeah, thanks,
1: thanks. Um, and so, other than that, yeah, I mean, spending time with family, um, spending time with the kids, traveling, uh, do a lot of travel. I, I enjoy ri- uh, driving a lot. I think that's genetic as well. My father was a truck driver, so he, uh, I, I guess, he passed that on to me as well. So I enjoy driving. Um, so we drive all over the place, um, exercising, like to, to run every couple of days, you know, do, do 30 minutes or so, um, repairs around the house traveling. Like I said, we just got back from Mexico last week. That was fun.
0: Uh, you know uh, driving kind of struck stuck with me for there for a moment because I just got back from from Houston and and it was like about a 13 hour drive. I can't do that all in one shot anymore. I'm I'm sorry. I'm too old. So overnight yeah. in Arkansas and I was really dreading it, but uh, it really wasn't all that bad. In fact, I found that the drive that way is a lot easier than driving the other way when I go to see family up in New York. So oh. Yeah. So, uh, future plans going to uh, obviously the book, and um, going to continue in the financial services space and continue consulting, and and those are pretty much your plans right there. Yeah, that's Other right.
1: Things- I mean, um, yeah, you said that uh, you're too old for that. I, I don't know if you're older than me, Greg. Maybe you are. I'm not sure. I I turned fifty
0: in December, so I got five years on you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right.
1: All right.
0: I just turned fifty-five. So, oh,
1: okay. congrats. Um, yeah, I think, uh, future, future, future plans, God willing, um, uh, would be, uh, consulting full-time. I think that would be, I would enjoy that very much. Uh, wow. continue writing. I enjoy writing very much as well, of course, spending time with the family. Um, I am also, uh, working on the ABA's certified enterprise risk professional certification. So I look to hopefully knock that out next year. And uh, to learn about all those other financial services risks that we were trying try to figure out. <laughs> it was out I never
0: remembered. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, that's very
0: good. It. Well, listen, appreciate you taking time out today to spend a little bit of time with us. Fascinating stuff. I always love talking risk. It could have gone on for like two hours, but uh, not today. So maybe we'll talk about it some other time. So thank you, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much. And you. everybody else, stay secure.